In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Leighton, Sandy, dear baptized Christians, the most important event in the history of all of the world, in, in the history of all of the universe, in the history of all of time that ever was and all of time that ever will be, the most important event ever is the death of Jesus. All the sin of all the people of the entire world, of the entire creation, is heaped upon Him. And with that sin is the punishment for sin. That's death and the anger of God and hell. That's what's happening when Jesus dies on the cross. Your sin is there on Him, not on you. Jesus is winning for you forgiveness. And with forgiveness, life and salvation. He opens the door to heaven. He bears your sin so that He might give to you His perfection and His righteousness. And in your baptism, listen to this, in your baptism, He takes the victory of His cross and His death and His resurrection and He carries it straight to you. Special delivery. Here, says Jesus, in your baptism, Leighton. In your baptism, Sandy. In your baptism, dear saints. Here, Jesus says, is my forgiveness and my mercy and my love. Here is my name and my kingdom, my Father and the Holy Spirit. Here is my righteousness, my holiness, my perfection, my life. Here is my victory over the grave, my victory over the devil, my victory over your sin and your flesh that would separate you from me and drag you to destruction. Here, here is me and all that I have. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. How wonderful. In your baptism, Jesus brings you all the gifts that He has to give. All the gifts that He won for you on the cross. I once uh, heard somebody complaining. They said, uh, you Lutherans talk too much about baptism. <laughs> I took that as a, one of the greatest compliments. I hope it's true. I hope that we Lutherans are always talking about baptism. Because the Bible is always talking about about baptism. And the Scriptures attach to baptism such wonderful gifts and promises that we can barely comprehend it. Martin Luther says that we would take a lifetime considering the gifts that baptism gives. I guess that's probably the mistake that most people make when they think about or consider baptism. Many churches, many Christians... Consider, the, consider baptism to be law. They consider it to be our own action. Uh, some, in fact, would call baptism the Christian's first act of obedience. And those who make baptism into law then make baptism into a symbol. Baptism symbolizes dying to Christ, they say. Coming out of the water symbolizes being born again. No. This is a ferociously false teaching about baptism. The Bible attaches to the gift of baptism such marvelous promises that we must know when we consider baptism in the Scriptures, we must know that it is a gift. It's the Lord's Gospel. It's the work of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not ours. Baptism, for example, forgives sins. 
Acts chapter 2. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 22, Paul says, Why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling upon His name. Baptism, the Bible says, gives us new birth. John 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And in Paul, Titus 3, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. When we are baptized, it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, as Jesus commanded. All authority and on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28. When we're baptized, we are adopted into the family of God. We put on Christ. We are called to be His children. Galatians 3. For in Christ... For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In our baptism, Jesus himself washes us and cleanses us. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, that is, make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water, and the Word, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and without blemish. We might say that baptism is the greatest of all cosmetics. It takes away every wrinkle, every blemish, every spot. It makes us splendid in the eyes of God. That's what Paul says. In baptism, we are buried with Christ. And this is not symbolic talk. It doesn't say in baptism we were uh, went through a symbol of being buried with Christ. No, Paul writes, Romans 6, We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Or, Paul again, Colossians chapter 2, In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands the putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. Baptism gives us victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. Jesus says, Mark 16, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized, shall be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. In short, or in summary of all of these promises, baptism saves us. 1 Peter 3.21 Baptism, which corresponds to the flood, now saves you. This is quite wonderful. It is no wonder that we would put such an emphasis on the Lord's gift of baptism. Indeed, I do not think it is overstating it to say that baptism is the greatest gift that Jesus gives to us on earth. He pours out His kingdom. 
He lavishes us with His treasures. He calls us His friends, His children, His brothers. He, he, he forgives our sins, destroys our devil, gives us everything that we need for this life. But all of this is why when our Lord Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John said, are you coming to me? I should be baptized by you. We're in the gospel text now. <laughs> we got there. John wants to prevent Jesus because Jesus doesn't need any of these gifts. Jesus, after all, is God in our flesh. He's the one who gives these gifts. He's the one who lavishes them upon us. He's the one who does baptism, who calls us by his name. He's the one that does it. So when he comes to John to be baptized, John tries to stop him. I, I can't baptize you. You should baptize me. But Jesus says to him in Matthew chapter 3, and these are... These are a bit, uh, these words are a bit mysterious. Jesus says, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fill up all righteousness. It's right for us to fill perfection. What in the world do those words mean? I have only one way to explain them, which means that you've heard me explain them before. And I'm sorry, I just can't think of a better illustration. But perhaps you've forgotten, or perhaps you didn't hear the first time. Remember, imagine it like this. There's the Jordan River, and it's flowing down through the valley, you know, from the Galilee down through the desert to the Dead Sea. And John is down there by Judea, kind of down in the cliffs, and he's there in the water of the Jordan. And imagine, if you would, a huge flock of sheep on the edge, on the bank of the Jordan River. And this flock of sheep is disgusting. Remember the story? This, these sheep are just covered in, in disastrous filth. They smell they're dirty, they're covered in tar and blood and spit, their, their wool is matted, they're, uh, they're just disgusting. And one at a time these sheep come to John and John would take these sheep and he would take them and lower them into the river and lift them out and all of the filth is washed off. And now he puts them on the other side of the bank and they're holy, they're clean, they're pure. One by one, John is taking these filthy sheep and he's dipping them and cleansing them and all day like this. Now, in the midst of this crowd of sheep, uh, what you call a flock, I guess, is a crowd of sheep. <laughs> in the midst of this flock of sheep, there stands one, there stands one lamb who is, who is perfectly white, pure. He doesn't have a spot or a fleck, a flake on him. He's just holy, he smells nice. And this flock comes down to the edge of the river and says, would you baptize me? John looks at this, at this perfect specimen of a lamb and says, you don't need this. But this lamb says, let it be so that we would fulfill all righteousness. So John takes this lamb and watch this. Here's the drama. John, John takes this lamb and he dips this lamb in the water. And as he does... All of the filth and stench and nastiness and muck and dirt, all of it from all of the other sheep is absorbed into his wool. And now the, and now the water itself is pure. And John takes this lamb and puts him down on the other side of the bank of the Jordan River. And you can barely recognize that it's a lamb at all. 
And John preaches about this lamb. He points to him and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's your Jesus. That's his baptism for you. In his baptism, he takes up your sin so that in your baptism, he could give you his righteousness. He bears your faults and your guilt so that he could give you his life and his salvation. And then imagine this, as Jesus comes up from the water of, uh, of the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven and rests on him. And then God the Father opens his mouth and speaks. It is very rare, dear saints, that we hear the voice of God the Father in the Bible. Most of the time we hear the voice of Jesus. We have recorded for us three times in the New Testament that God the Father spoke. And twice we know what he said. And this is one of them. This is my beloved Son, says God the Father to Jesus. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, at this point, officially begins His work of being the Messiah, of saving the world from, uh, from its sins. And at this point, He is revealed. He's revealed to John, who sees the Holy Spirit and knows that this Jesus is the one. He's revealed to the devil, who now knows that Jesus for sure is the one he's after and drives him into the wilderness to tempt him and try to destroy him. And Jesus is even given this comfort himself. For this voice from heaven came for his own sake. Jesus knew that he was the Messiah that He was the one who would bear the sins of the world, that He was sent to the world to be about His Father's business. But still, He has in His baptism this marvelous, comforting word that He is the Father's Son and that the Father is pleased with Him. And this, perhaps, is the point, and I'd like you to consider it. If even our dear Lord Jesus, if even He needs to hear the word from the Father that He is His Son, that God is pleased with him. If even Jesus needs to hear this word, do you think that we need to hear it as well? Indeed. Indeed. So listen to this. In your baptism, the Father speaks from heaven. In fact, shouted from heaven that you are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. In the gospel, the Father is speaking to you, saying this same thing, that you are God's beloved child in whom He is well pleased. From the Lord's Supper, you hear this voice, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Dear saints, it does not matter. Your sin, your guilt, your shame, your weakness your wickedness, your death, no matter. Jesus carried them all for you. He suffered them all for you. And He has given you the victory. The Heavenly Father, and this is the greatest news of all, the Heavenly Father delights in you. And because He delights in you by the death of Jesus, you will delight in Him forever. For you are baptized. You are saved. You are redeemed by Christ the crucified. Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.